Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, we're back once again at the Corner of Truth and Courage. Thank you for joining us here today. Uh, We're going to jump back into the program material that I've been covering over the last couple of days, and we'll do today and tomorrow, maybe to the end of the week, perhaps. I'm talking to you why I believe Islam is America's greatest challenge. I believe it's the greatest challenge that we in the West have ever faced, and we're not prepared for this. Uh, First of all, we don't see it as an enemy. Some of it we do. We recognize 9-11. We recognize that was an Islamic terrorist attack. But why? What, what is the objectives? I mean, do they really want our complete destruction? And the answer to that is yes. This is an ideology built, uh, and it's a religious ideology. And that's the most dangerous. Because it takes the passions of men beyond their physical capabilities, and it drives deep into their heart a fervor, a mission that they're willing to die for. In fact, they believe that they win in dying. And how do you war against that? You know, when your enemy feels that they win if they die, because that's what they've been taught. They, they win their salvation, not only their salvation, but the salvation of 70 others. And then they'll have great pleasures and great reward and great honor. So there's so much to gain by dying for their cause. And if their cause and their objective is the destruction of the Kafir, you need to know then who the Kafir is. That's you and me. If you're a non-believer in Islam, you don't accept Muhammad as a prophet, you don't accept Allah, his God, as your God, then you are the Kafir. You're the filth. You're the evil that's in the world and must be removed in order for peace and happiness to be found in this world. So you and I are in the way of their happiness. We better wake up to this because I believe God is allowing an instrument of judgment uh, to be um, to, to grow, to grow strength, to grow in number. Uh, 1.7 billion Muslims in the world today. And they have become very clever. And the group that really is behind what I believe is the the most dangerous part of Islam, its growth, its its expansion, is an organization that we know as the Muslim Brotherhood. Now, many other nations identify them as a terrorist organization. They classify them. This is a terrorist group. But the United States of America has not yet identified them as a terrorist group. I was hoping under the Trump administration that finally we would see some leadership to deal with this. But these people have, when they saw strength in the White House, they ran for the corners. They ran for the curbs and in, in the in the dark alleys, and we've not seen much of them, to tell you the truth. Now that they see weakness coming back in and a ally to their ways, like they saw with Obama, now they're seeing Obama's vice president, Biden, coming out. We're going to see more of them. And they have networks here in the United States. So let's look at this Muslim Brotherhood. And as I said yesterday, I believe this is the most dangerous terrorist organization in the world. And let me explain why. Because the way they fight us 
is not with bombs and bullets and guns and that type of warfare. No, their warfare is stealth. Their warfare is political. Their warfare is judicial in the courts. Their warfare is winning the hearts of our children in our schools and indoctrinating them into a false understanding of who these people are and what their goals are. They wear business suits. They come in as lawyers. They come in as civil rights activists. And so they, they act within our laws. They dress like us. They're even nice to be around, but they hide within their smiles their ultimate objective, and, th- and that is our destruction. Their founder was Al Bana. Bana, in the 1920s, rose to power. He's from Egypt. And you need to understand something that had happened in the Islamic world in the 1920s. The last caliphate, caliphate of Islam came to a close. That was the Turkish Empire, known as the Ottoman Empire. And they ruled the Muslim world for about 500 years. And they, they liberalized, or the word I like to use, reformed the religion. They made it a peaceful, kinder, gentler religion. After a while, you get tired of fighting all the time and conquering. And so they began to develop a more peaceful type of a religion. If you're a fundamentalist in Islam, you would hate these people. They literally hated the reformers for destroying and weakening their religion. And it came to a close in 1920. And so this gave the fundamentalists an opportunity to snatch the Islamic world back into what they call Salafism, returning back to its foundations. We would call it fundamentalism. And so three movements began. The Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt, the largest Arab country in the world. Then you had the most significant Arab country in the world, the Saudis, Saudi Arabia, and oil being found and all that stuff there, making them extremely rich. You had the Wahhabis in Saudi Arabia. Then you had the Shiites up in Iran. And uh, movements to try to uh, return Islam back to its fundamental teachings began in the 1920s. But it really reached its uh, crescendo, its heights, in 1970. And that's when we began to see more and more terrorism in the world. Because that's what Islam ultimately produces. Fight those who believe not in Allah, nor his messenger, nor hold that forbidden, which has been forbidden by Allah and his messenger, even if they be the people of the book, the Al-Qatab, the Jews and the Christians. Fight them until they pay jizya with willing submission and feel themselves subdued. I quoted to you from the Quran, Surah 929, the most famous verse in the Quran. And so these people are bringing people back to its roots and fighting. So Hussein al-Abana is the founder he, uh, he himself was assassinated in 1948 when Israel became a nation. And from that, this group became a political force in, in Egypt, but they were involved in the assassination of Anwar al-Sadat, the president, and were disbanded and kicked out. Uh, they, they actually were dissolved in 1948 officially there, and they killed Sadat. 
1981, I think it was there. And they finally, and then they were disorganized again. They were allowed to come back for a bit. And then the Al-Sadat, you brought them back and they assassinated him. That's what happened. I forgot about that. They, they were banned again. And just recently, the Arab Spring allowed them to come back in and they had their own president over Egypt not too long ago, here about 10 years back. And so uh, this group has have birthed other groups. And so let's look at, uh, at the trail of who they have birthed, how that is coming to America. So out of the Muslim Brotherhood, we have terrorist organizations that are recognized even by America, but I want to look at some of the other groups that you may not be so familiar with with now we would call these sunni muslims everyone that's going to be involved in the muslim brotherhood organizations are the sunni muslims you had the formation of the islamic association of palestine that was called the iap here in in america that later grew in 1994 as care the council uh, on of american islamic relations i'll talk about them more in a moment but the beginning of the Muslim Brotherhood here in the United States was with uh, the students, called the MSA, the Muslim Student Association. That started in 1963 in Illinois, and they began setting up chapters in colleges around America. Today, there's hardly a state college around that does not have a Muslim Student Association. Now they're moving down the, ch- down the food chain into the high schools. Most high schools in major cities have Muslim Student Associations, and we're seeing them also going into the middle schools. Then out of the Muslim Student Association grew the Islamic Society of North America in 1982. Directly out of the Muslim Brotherhood in 1973, became, uh, there came the North American Islamic Trust, NATE. And so what do you have here? You have the recruiting arm, and that is the uh, Muslim Student Association. This is where they recruit and evangelize and dawah, bring non-Muslims into Islam through the students. They get you know, foolish kids who are full of rebellion, and Islam looks like a nice rebellious activity to join in against the norms of, the, of America. And they uh, suck these people in if they have a spirit of rebellion. And so the Muslim Student Association is their recruiting arm. ISNA, the Islamic Society of North America, which headquarters just outside of Indianapolis, so you had Chicago going on there, then Indian, in Indianapolis. Um, you've got um, a triangular area thing, because CARE was over in Detroit area with... Um, uh, well, eventually they went over to Chicago. But uh, you had a lot going on in Detroit, a lot going on in Indianapolis, a lot going on mainly up in Chicago. That really was the root of a lot of this. But Nate, Nate's their bank. ISNA is their voting block. This is where they get the masses of Muslims together and organized. This is their uh, boots-on-the-ground group. And CARE, the Council of American Islamic Relations, that's the most dangerous of the whole group. They are the lawyers. They are the civil rights activists. They're the ones who will use lawfare to produce their goals and their aims to bring us into submission to them, to bring Islamic law upon us. Now, their founder, their founder, uh, there was two founders, uh, Omar Ahmed, and he's still with them today. And he said this on July the 4th, 1998. Usually they're very, very careful 
about what they uh, say publicly. But they thought they were in a meeting where non where all were Muslim. But there was a reporter from the San Ramon um, newspaper there in this meeting, and she recorded and had evidence of this being said. And here's what the Omar Ahmed said on July 4th, 1998. Islam isn't in America to be equal to any other faith, but to become dominant. The Quran, the Muslim's book of scripture, should be the highest authority in America and Islam the only accepted religion on earth. Tomorrow I want to get into what's called the general strategic goal of the group for the group of North America. This document is the hottest piece of evidence that shows the real true roots and goals and aims to destroy America from within. And so I'm just trying to lead up to this document, this uh, uh, piece of information that I want to share with you in tomorrow's broadcast. Before we close, let me quickly remind you that we're in our year-end appeal, and we're real close to finishing our goal. We're still just over $1,000 away from reaching our year-end goal. Would you help us with a one-time gift today? Uh, would you give us a call? The number is 800-616-0082. That's 800-616-0082. Or you can give safely, securely online at our website, fortressoffaith.com. That's fortressoffaith.com. And I want to encourage you to get ready for, in the new year, I'm going to be sharing with you what I call the Victory Challenge. And I'm excited about sharing that with you here in the near future. Well, that's going to be it. Join us again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.